You have many things to tell me to regale me off, such as your nosebleeds. Oh, I, yes, my nosebleeds. Yes, I had my first ever nosebleeds. Regale me of your nosebleeds. <laughs> it was so funny. Because um, was, I was just sitting at my desk, people having an intense conversation around me. And then suddenly, as if provoked by the intense conversation, just blood came out of my whole ass oh, nose. No. My nose hole. Is that worrying, do you think? Um, I've decided it is a neutral, a neutral happening. A neutral occurrence. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> if another one happens, I shall have to think about whether it is neutral or not. <laughs> but at the moment, I'm like, this is fine. This is normal. This happens. This is fine. It's okay. Another thing about my blood is that I fell over coming out of the tube on Thursday and just fucked my whole existence up. I was like, this is the worst. Sounds very bad. I have sore knees now and a sore hand and sore elbow. My my new news is I got to hold a hand. <gasps> a hand! I know. This may be a little risque for you, audience. It is. But it I is. held a hand. With I held hand. a hand! Yes, <laughs> I <laughs> held a hand. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done, audience? <laughs> hold Nothing, a hand, I, I bet. think not. <laughs> I like like Paul Atreides have never um, held a hand Volsel uh, I was going to say about my Dancington class yes tell me about your Dancington class <laughs> it was so it, it was so good <laughs> um, I was really just hoping to hate it so I don't have to admit to people that I go to something called open floor movement <laughs> it was so good <laughs> open floor Open floor movement. Um, exactly. You didn't want to go to Afrobeat dance time. I actually sort of do, um, <laughs> but I don't know if you'll be made to touch another person. So I had to take my glasses off to do the dancing so I couldn't see anybody. That sounds pretty good. Like an ideal situation. Yeah. Um, and I was so pleased that I could do it because otherwise I would have just had to spend all the time with my eyes closed. And sort of she lets you dance for, because it's a two hour class. She lets you dance for an hour just sort of on your own, just doing stuff and just, just nice. expressing your feelings and being in your body and stuff vomit vomit um and then she's like okay now just begin to notice that there are other people in the room with you and i'm like yes this, like, no, no. this is the level at which th this concept needs to be introduced to me today <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like okay and then just just you know dance along with somebody if when you pass someone just notice that they're there and maybe take on some of their movement i was like fuck you no they can Fuck take you, on my, my movement. movement I'm going to take on nobody's movement. Um, <laughs> and also, there was like there was a huge range of music as well. It was great because there was like the standard what I was expecting of just like ethnic, ethnic drums. Yes, of course. Um, you know, like flutes, flutes and drums, mm -hmm. and sort of guttural wailing. Yeah, and that was great. I was like, I'm comfortable with this as an abstracted concept. And then there was like, they did play Gangsters Paradise, and I was like. Somebody kill me! Somebody shoot me! I just I heard like the opening 
And I was like, everyone is going to try and be black, so I'm going to have my eyes closed for this one. Yeah, this one's an eyes closed song. These these white, old, posh white women are going to try and dance out the emotion of blackness, and it's not going to be good for me. You can never capture the emotion of blackness, white people. You can't do it. They never will. You never will. Um, so... Well, it was great. Podcast. Oh yes, um, uh, cut all that out. <laughs> but it's all I'm, I'm going to be talking about now as well. I'm not probably <laughs> going to be able to focus on June. It's probably fine. I'm just going to tell you about all so the good dances I did. Bring some movement dance energy to June yes. today. I'm Ray. I know. <laughs> Ray. Ray just gave me a look um, over the video chat. I'm Ray, your, uh, your favourite little manling, Vice-Chancellor of the University. Hmm. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm here to talk about things and stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is, is Josie. I am uh, your favourite... Uh, Benegas Red Abomination, where my Benegas Red Abomination's at. Um, and my pronouns are she, her, and she, her. <laughs> my pronouns she are she slash her as well. She, no matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside. Exactly. <laughs> Wish that I was as good a woman as she. Unfortunately, we are both malformed. Little manlings. <laughs> um, and I am the Chancellor of Dune, uh, Iversity. Mm-hmm. And welcome to the podcast. Well, welcome to the party. Um, although I, I I should note that probably for our American listeners, poddy, even though for uh, us Brits it sounds like a cute uh, diminutive of podcast, for them it just sounds like we are saying potty. The place that babies do poops in. No, and sorry. we shouldn't. Well, maybe I feel like maybe we shouldn't. I feel like in like the general landscape of internet media, maybe we are one of those, but also with the potty, <laughs> the gang, the potty. That's them. That's moi, etc. Exactly. I also thought of another good um, potty-based uh, song parody, mm-hmm. uh, and it is from the song "Teach Me How to Duggy." Ah, um, and whenever I have a good thought, I think. Save it for the potty. Save it. Save it for the potty. I've never actually heard that song. Uh, it came on once at a place where dancing happens. Oh, uh, one and of those. Everyone, everyone started dugging, and I realised I did not know how to duggy. What is a duggy? And apparently, this the song claims to teach you. It's one of those uh, dance instructions. Is it like, yeah? It, it does. It does not teach you how to duggy. Yes. It doesn't. It fails to do that. Mm-hmm. I listened to the lyrics very carefully, <laughs> and you never learned how to duggy. No. <laughs> And then my friend, well, the, the person I was dancing with, she was like, you were doing it like five minutes ago to a different song. And I was like, if I, if I duggied, I did not know it. I wish white people would stop giving our dance moves names. We're just well, dancing. Well, I mean, this was a, this was a black person. Oh, okay. So she, she, and also 
She she knew. She knew. Um, how to ducky. Ah, she actually, I think, I actually, like, the dance instruction song is one of my most favourite song genres. Sit three times to the right, and sit three times to the right. <laughs> it's it's called the Josie, and it goes like this. <laughs> have you listened to um, Let's Make a Music, Brian David Gilbert's no. podcast? I haven't, a... I don't, and I won't. It's, okay, then let me tell you about... He makes a song called Dr. Brims, and it's a sort of dance instruction <laughs> song, but all of the instructions are impossible to follow. So it's just absolute nonsense. And it's done in like a sort of, like a hot chip kind of voice. Like a... Oh, great. Uh, and Dr. Brims is a, a genderless being who wears many hats and appears at, at the party, um brings the music, everybody must dance, and then vanishes and leaves everybody with a fond memory of hats and mist. That's good. That's good. Uh, that's great. Anyway. I, I mean, I am fond of uh, coercively assigning uh, Brian David Gilbert non-binary agenda. Oh, um, yes, very much Even so. though that's not good. Um, but it is good, and I do it, and I won't not do it. He has a powerful energy, and I will not deny it. energy. Ray, now that I know that you can put v- reverb on things, I would like you to put reverb on them them energy. Okay, please, say right? it big for me, please. Them energy. Okay, great. Um, Thank you. Shall we talk about charters? Um, if we have to, we must. That's what our podcast is about. These ones are both very good. The first one is yeah. like a good mother son moment and a cool Jessica's time. And then the second one proves to me that love is real between um, Gany Halleck and Duke uh, uh, Duke Leto. So it's pretty good, yeah. I think. Yeah, God, Gurney, Gurney gets to be really sexy. Yeah, he does. In that chapter. He does he just, have like, a over, smirk. but also somehow he's still very sexy. He does, he keeps quoting poetry in a way that is really annoying to me. Yeah, but other than that, other than other that, than that just a, just, just a, Fire, sexy, hot, big uh, star person, smiling, rippling, smirk. We love it. Great, <laughs> love it. Awesome. It's good to us. Um, it is good. It is good to me. It's good to me. <laughs> who who would like to read the quote? Uh, would you like to read the quote? Uh, ah, yes, I it would be an honour to read the quote. Ah, uh, well then, you must take up that honour. Go forth and read the quote. Now, this is a really interesting quote, but I also want to do the voice. So maybe I'll do half of it in the voice and then read the interesting. <laughs> what had the Lady Jessica to sustain her in her time of trial? Think you carefully on this Benegesserit proverb, and perhaps you will see. Any road followed precisely to its end leads precisely nowhere. Climb the mountain just a little bit to test that it's a mountain. From the top of the mountain, you cannot see the mountain. From Wadi, family commentaries by the Princess Irulan. Now, I would argue that from the top of the mountain, you can see the whole of the mountain. The best and the only way that you can see the whole of the mountain uh, is by looking down at it from the top. I don't know. You can't see the bottom of the mountain from the top a lot of times. I think this quote makes no sense and is idiotic. I was going to ask how you thought this quote related to the chapter, because the quotes usually do relate to the chapters quite well and interestingly. And sometimes sometimes I mistake things I don't understand for things that are good, like I do with <laughs> Friends of the Table for several, several hundreds of episodes. But maybe this one <laughs> just doesn't make any sense and isn't good. Um, now, I don't know if this the quote is entirely apropos, because although I think it is something to do with Bene Gesserit and the Bene Gesserit and caution, mm. 
um, and hesitance to just launch themselves into things mm-hmm. um, because Jessica gets to be mad cautious during this yeah. uh, chapter um, and it saves her life or may save her life or something. Um, but it also, you know, just sort of fucks with her and, and damns her as well. And to understand it as being part of her Bene Gesserit training, that is actually quite important. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, important. And something that I find sort of interesting. But also this this analysis is only, you know, I'm sort of uh, riffing and that's how it's happening. That's what because when I, every time I've read this... Um, and I have read this chapter like three times mm. now, maybe four times. Mm-hmm. And every time I've read it, I've been like, this has nothing to do with what happens in the chapter. My understanding of the the, pro- the quotation so far is like um, a, a caution and a flexibility or like um, mm. the quote as something that has that emphasizes the importance of having an awareness of your surroundings while you are aiming to do something else or while you're intending to do something else. Um, like being aware of possibilities of things that could come your way, um, like uh, rather than getting something done, missing everything in the process of doing it, which Jessica does do here. See, that's interesting in that I'm reading this quote as something that Jessica does successfully in the chapter, and you're reading it as something that she does unsuccessfully in the chapter, or she doesn't manage to do is the thing that is illustrated in the quote. Yeah. Wow, how interesting. How interesting. Ah. Very interesting. Hmm. We're smart. No, I, I'm going to cut that out. So what happens in this chapter, Josephina? What happens in this chapter? Well, um, Jessica uh, goes to... Uh, well, we actually didn't manage, manage to mention this in the discussion of the last chapter. It's the weirding but, room. Uh, the weirding room. So Jessica is in her weirding room, her special room just for her and for her witch stuff, as she no doubt does, because she is a woman with power and arcane knowledge. So she must be a witch, a witch, of I tell course. you. Um, so Jessica, she um, she's in her quarters. She has to like fudge. She has to like essentially pick a, a palm lock in order to open an oval door um, and cool. and go into her womb. What else? <laughs> so the room is airlocked and there's a special climate inside the room um, and inside is a beautiful uh, conservatory full of flowers uh, and a water fountain. Ooh. And she's super shocked uh, because uh, water is so precious on Arrakis, as we know, um, and the, there's enough water there to sustain hundreds of people just going nowhere, just splish splashing onto itself forever. And so, uh, disgustingly, right? Um, there's a message re- left for her um, by a, a fellow Bene Gesserit person uh, called Margot, Lady Fenring, uh, who. Uh, the emperor was the wife of the emperor's former proxy on Arrakis. So she writes her a sort of semi-coded message, essentially warning her that there's something dangerous in her homestead. And she sort of intuits that there is a, a leaf with a secret message underneath it in coded dots. Um, and it reads that uh, in more, more uh, detailed terms, essentially, that her family is in danger 
and Harkonnen have loaded the house with death traps. Death traps? Um, death traps! Traps for um, death. And then sort of Paul storms in. He's like, ah, I'm in the room. Um, and he submerges uh, the hunter seeker he's just caught uh, from the last chapter into the, the water fountain. And then he sort of scans the room and he's like, is it safe? Uh, and, it, uh, you know, they have a discussion about whether the room is safe. It was scanned over by uh, Sufir Hawat. Um, and they kind of talk about whether or not Sufir Hawat can be trusted whether he is a viper in their bosom or whether he is just old. More more people come in. Uh, they find they find out that um, they caught the person who was operating the Hunter Seeker, but they accidentally killed him Whoops. in the way that uh, militias are prone to do. Mm. Um, then they all have personal feelings about themselves mm-hmm. and how stressed out they are. Jessica notices that there's um, sort of a blinking lights on the horizon and that it's um, uh, Harkonnen's spies signaling to each other and that's it that is it that is all that happens in the chapter great good job thank you thank you i was trying to be very thorough yes you were Um, very thorough thank you so i mean i thought this was interesting it was good it was exciting we got good character insights yes it was a fun chapter yes i feel like there were some really nice moments between jessica and paul i feel like we there was some like sort of touching benegesserate solidarity even if the person wasn't immediately there um Mm. I did feel like slightly disgusted at the idea of the conservatory. I was like, "Oh God, yes, me yucky. too." Oh, it's horrifying. Rich people suck. A, I mean, I was finding the the the, the quotation, and um, it says, "Sorry." No wonder Mapes looked at it in the way that she did, right? Yeah. God. Um, this room embodied a statement far more significant than the lack of water seals on outer doors. She estimated that this pleasure room used water enough to support a thousand persons on Arrakis, possibly more. Like, my That's God. That's a lot of people. It's disgusting. Oh. Surely it's disgusting. It's it's unforgivable. And she doesn't... She she talks about being bothered by it later, but she doesn't seem, like, that bothered by it. No. And I mean, um, we get some interesting stuff about water customs uh, later on in the book, um, which are fascinating and really good and interesting. um, And I like them. But it's all sort of like it sets off this, I don't know, like utter disgust reaction in me where I'm like, Jesus Christ, how do you you square this with yourself? Yeah. I mean, and I know that um, Dune is sort of set up to be uh, like a, a grotesque parody of capitalism, <laughs> mm. um, uh, but it, it but just actually it doesn't comment to... on itself enough to, for that to be really meaningful. Mm, I mean, or maybe it's letting you, the reader, uh, comment on it for yourself. I mean, uh, no, but okay, we don't we don't actually get the feelings of the people about the water customs, and that is actually what would be a you know, it's a piece of the puzzle that's missing. Yeah. Let's talk about this perspective though, like. Um... Uh, authorial comment on the things that they are commenting on in their books versus ah. like letting the reader come to their own conclusions and like expecting the reader to take positions on things like I mean um, Frank loves to uh, tell not show mm-hmm. <laughs> in most cases about most things um, but if there is any political content uh, in this book it must be he's inferred. not telling no he's not <laughs> he's not telling <laughs> 
And I do I do sort of wonder whether the audience of people who are interested in Dune and like Dune, are they leftists or are they not? They mostly just think that Frank Herbert is very smart and a genius. Ah. Ah. Oh. Ah. 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 Yeah. He's a bad writer. Which, like, I don't really believe in genius, but... No, I mean, he, he has flashes of brilliance, and he has flashes of stupidity, and much... Yeah. This... He wrote a book, good. He wrote a book. Sometimes it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the most we can say. Sometimes it's redonkulous. Um, yeah. And that's something that we all have to live with in our lives, with ourselves, every and day. enjoy if we if we choose to. Exactly. Yeah. No, I don't really... I feel like the idea of a genius implies that someone is like innately better than other people and therefore I don't really believe in a genius. Exactly. I believe in like being good at stuff. Yeah. Best like, believe in but, being good at stuff. If you yeah. are good at stuff. <laughs> I mean, we didn't do any notes because I was busy holding hands um, and therefore you couldn't were busy. Yes, writing. you were holding that, your note-taking hand. <laughs> Yeah, my note-taking hand is occupied with holding and being held. Um, Neither of my hands are occupied, but I'm just very lazy. I did have some things I wanted to, like, read out and stuff. Um, Well, can I just do, like, just a curiosity? I won't even talk about it for very long. Yeah, do your thing. Just, um, in the room there is an inscription etched into the metal uh, above the door handle uh, of the special room. Um, And it says, it's it's by a person called Galach who I don't think, unlike St. Augustine, is not a real person. Mm-hmm. Although I could have a look and see if whether that's correct, but uh, I don't think it... I think it is correct that he's not real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, which I think is supposed to be like an invocation to man, generally like humankind. Um, which is actually, you know, like quite a cool way to begin something if it didn't sound like you were saying... Oh man, like Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh man. Um, but here is a lovely portion of God's creation. Then stand before it and learn to love the perfection of thy supreme friend, which is God. The supreme friend, God. The supreme, the supreme friend. friend. Not you know. I mean, but also I think that's so that's so cute. Like he's not your heavenly father. I'm God. He's the ultimate friend. friend. The ultimate friend. <laughs> friend to all. The best Chill friend you God. can have, God. Me. It's me, God, and I'm your friend. You've got a friend in Jesus, literally. 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 Good. I was just super impressed with that. <laughs> what what impressed you? one of those, you? like, wonderful, ridiculous, but also fairly religious-sounding things. I mean, also, I spend my time just constantly surrounded by religious things. Yeah, you do. Uh, and much of real-life religious things. Mm-hmm. Uh, equally, so that one was accurate and strange. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent accurate. And that's accurate. Uh, can I read the um the part where she describes the conservatory? Oh, like she walks into the conservatory for the first time. I wish you would. Potted plants and low pruned trees. <laughs> Paul Tompkins says it, and I always think it's like needlessly <laughs> really aggressive. Impressive. Frank, um, uh. <laughs> Paul, T- Paul F. Tompkins says that a lot. Sorry, I forgot his yeah. name. Frank F. Tompkins. <laughs> I wish he would. The, the the F stands for Francis, apparently. That's all fucking. <laughs> um, As in all cases. Uh, what? Yes. 
I can read this now, can I? Okay, you can read it. You're allowed. <laughs> I wish you would. Water plants and low pruned trees stood all about. She recognised a mimosa, a flowering quince, a sondagi, green blossomed plenis centre, green and white striped arcazo, roses, even roses. But that's nice. Yeah. And then rhythmic noise invaded her senses. She parted a jungle overlapping of leaves, looked through to the centre of the room. A low fountain stood there, small with fluted lips. The rhythmic noise was a peeling, spooling arc of water, falling far to gallop onto the metal bowl. I did a, I did a face again. This is a podcast, but far to gallop. <laughs> He gets kind of creative with um, the English language in this. Mm. In that a, a jungle overlapping of leaves is not an yeah. English phrase. Well, Frank does that a lot. He does it a lot in his his writing. Or he's got he says like with with back of hand or with swish of skirt or with like a you know he does that sort of slight twisting of noun it's as kind adjective of, or it's of, kind of like, medieval. Yeah, it is. It's very medieval. This whole this whole book is very medieval, and it sort of speaks of um like the possible future as well as the possible past. Mm. Like you know, this is the way the English language could go, uh, maybe yeah. in space, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but I like I I mean I hate um a peeling spooling yeah. arc of water makes me think of peeing. Uh, I and... liked it until you said that. I thought it was cool and it was very it was very evocative of how water goes. Peeling. But now that you said that, I don't like it anymore. And also, I don't like thud a gallop. No, I hate thud a gallop. I know that it is full of sort of energy and kind of racing. I don't know. It's like it is actually. Very I don't know. Evocative, it's stupid. But it it's makes too me think of horses. For this moment. It is stupid. Um, it's too I also stupid. I like um, Plena Center, uh, which reminds me of both penis and. Uh, and placenta. placenta. <laughs> Terrible. Very bad. <laughs> Very bad name Very for a flower. Bad. Thanks, Josie. If you ask me. I love it. Um <laughs> This is this is called having a highly associative mind. Mm-hmm. It's your it's your brain it's your brain disease again. It's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> um But I did I did think to myself when I read it, that's not how you enter rooms. In that you don't see things first and then hear stuff like on a one minute delay. No, you don't. You don't stoop to sniff a pink blossom and then be like, what's that? I hear water. I hear, I suddenly hear a sound that's been happening continuously since I entered this the room. This whole time. Um, but also, you know, people's sensory processing happens in many different ways. Also, uh, novel writing is a linear form in most cases. David yes, Foster you can't was. describe all the um, sensations at once, which is a shame. But yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't blame, I don't blame Frank for this piece. For this of, one, yeah, for this one, this right here. It's okay, actually. <laughs> I've decided. But also, I I thought this was a piece of bad writing as well. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I love bad writing. Tell me. Me too. Uh, so uh, it's very Scooby Doo like. I thought I was like, <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> so Boys. Jessica is like thinking about jinkies. Um, Je- uh, so Jessica is like, oh, I wonder why this airlock is in this house. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. And then. Why is an airlock in a house? She asked herself, and she thought suddenly of exotic creatures sealed off in special climates. 
special climate, and that's in italics, so you special know that it's a thought climate? that she has. Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah, I was like, this is doing this is doing her dirty. I just noticed something that I have I missed in all four previous readings uh, of the book. Yes. Uh, so I uh, there is a little robot thing. Um, something rustled in the greenery. She, so Jessica, tensed, then glimpsed a sing, a simple sock. A, this is very difficult to say. A simple clock set servoc. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, with pipe and hose arms, an arm lifted sent out a fine spray of dampness that lifted her cheeks. Um, so uh, I went I went to the back and I looked up what a servoc was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are robots. Um, robots. Uh, a servoc is a clock set mechanism to perform simple tasks one of the limited automatic devices permitted after the butlerian jihad so it is a simple type of robot that was not destroyed it's a robot that isn't allowed to have thoughts it's a robot that is not fully actualized it's a thought band robot it's not not even a computer It it is a clockwork machine isn't that interesting isn't that interesting? I think yeah. that's very cute that it's made of cl- it's clockwork. Made of clockwork. It does. I do. I am still picturing like a small RTD two. Yeah, I'm but a it's one. like a like a steam. But it's like a one. Roomba. I'm sort of picturing it's like it's got sort of bronze fittings and a oh, dial in it, and it's bronze. got gears. Yeah, steampunk RTD two. Like a steampunk Roomba. Is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> with them um, like sort of like these copper pipey arms that are kind of articulated that kind of it's spinning around and the arms are spinning with it uh yeah. it's cute in my imagination that it is very cute. cute it's my favorite uh... character now <laughs> um so i just my i just um noticed something that i highlighted which um where it says water being wasted so conspicuously that it shocked her to inner stillness what do you think that mean what do you think being shocked into inner stillness is what is the closest sensation to the thing that that is trying to describe do you think uh a numbness would you say maybe maybe like something yeah. that that shocks you so bad that your brain can't process it and you're yeah. just like ah you're like it, you like have to detach from reality to comprehend it yeah maybe yeah. i mean mm-hmm. i guess that in itself is a comment Mm. Some kind of comment on yeah, comment. the badness of the water wastage there, mm. um, but also, I mean, inner stillness is kind of the uh, neutral place where Benegisrit mm. women have been trained to land yeah. uh, in Which reaction like, to all things at all times. That's really interesting and also very like oh trauma ha mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, and also reminds me of like um, Paul saying that something shocked him into a, hi- a higher awareness. Like the idea that the response to something that is unpleasant or shocking could be like a deeper understanding or like some kind of elevated level of existing for a. a like it's like kind everything, of gross. Everything a Paul experiences, good or bad, makes him into a better person. I know. Well, that's what his like whole thing is, right? Because like because he's our be specialist boy. I'm the specialist boy. <laughs> For some reason, now I have a deeper understanding in my head. A deeper understanding. Ah. Ah. I bring you love. love. 
<laughs> Kate Bush did her before her came out, and it was like, really good. Have you seen her? No. I've seen a bit of Neither her. Neither have I. Okay. I like Wiki and Phoenix, but I could do without everything else in that movie. Okay. Oh, should we read the note, or do you think that's not important? What note? May this place oh, yes, give the note. you as much pleasure as it has given me. Please permit the room to convey a lesson we learned from the same teachers. The proximity of a desirable thing tempts one to overindulgence. On that path lies danger. Full stop. My kindest wishes. Margot, Lady Fenring. Which is like, it's like a passive-aggressive email you would send to a colleague and then put <laughs> something really nice at the end. Like, it feels like something really kind Have a great say. weekend. <laughs> Margot Lady Fenrir. I know. Like, kindest regards. Best wishes. Margot Lady Fenring. It is highly passive-aggressive. I mean, it reads as passive-aggressive, but I think it's like... Actually, I find no, it no, sort but of even the, the Even the, the purpose that it ascribes to the room is passive-aggressive. Mm. In that the proximity of a desirable thing tempts one to indulgence the desirable thing in this case is both freely flowing water and nice plants um and essentially it is putting Bene Jessica uh <laughs> it is putting Jessica in danger by merely existing yeah it is like the whole like not just the conservatory, but like their whole being in Arrakis and being in a place of privilege in Arrakis puts them in danger. Which, mm. yeah, it is. It's just a bit shady and also sort of true to what is. It's it's astute, I guess. It has a caring message, but it's delivered in a very uncaring way. And but then the the coded note that that Jessica finds is much more, you know, human and nice. Mm. Um, which, uh, but also it, it, it is the emotion that, that it was written in kind of comes through because it's fear. It's fear. Um, um, secret note, uh, subtle coded dots under a leaf. Must have been a big leaf. That's all I can say. Your son and the Duke are in immediate danger. A bedroom has been designed to attract your son. The H loaded it with death traps to be discovered, leaving one that may escape detection. Jessica put down the urge to run back to Paul. The full message had to be learned. Her finger sped over the dots. I do not know the exact nature of the menace, but it has something to do with a bed. The threat to your duke involves defection of a trusted companion or lieutenant. We know I mean, who this is. Uh, the H planned to give you a, as a gift to a minion. We also know who this is. Banana. Um, like minions. Oh, you know minions? yeah. Okay. Great. I don't know minions. That's the only thing I know That's about minions. That's the only minions, thing they I, say, I think. Banana. I, I, talk, I talk to uh, our younger relatives and you don't. Oh. Uh, it's fine. Um, to the best of my knowledge, this conservatory is safe. Forgive that I cannot tell more. My sources are few as my count is not in the pay of the H. In haste, M.F. Mother. So. So, yes. And then, you know, she, she kind of dashes to Paul. And then, and then Paul, Paul immediately walks Kind in. of like, it fades into view. He's like, hello, mother, it's me, I'm here. I, I love their relationship, actually. I know, they're kind of really sweet together. They are. 
because they sort of have to prevent present this kind of united front uh, of love yes. for the duke <laughs> uh, who is cute. unable to accept their love yeah because he is a man <laughs> yep pretty much um so yes uh so he he's like there's a hunter seeker I don't want to worry you, mother, essentially, so I'm going to speak casually. Well, no, he's very, like, fake casual about it, which is kind of cute in a really obnoxious way. So, yes, they uh, they, they immerse the hunter-seeker uh, and they work out that it is dead, which is good. And then I like that sort of she notices that the way Paul's eyes scan the room is, is the Bene Gesserit way. It's the thing that she's taught him. It's a nice sort of moment yeah. of recognition, self-recognition uh, between mm. mother and the son. I really do like it, and I feel like they're quite similar, and I feel like she's quite proud of him in that in a lot of aspects. And it's like, yeah. And so then they begin talking about Hawat, uh, and this is the sort of thing that plants the seed of suspicion uh, in uh, Jessica's mind about Fufir. Um, She's like, oh no, not Hawat. Oh, surely not Hawat. Because he was supposed to have gone... Th- is that suspicion or is that her belief in him? And she says, not Hawat, surely. Oh, I mean, surely I, I, this comes from having read ahead a little bit. But the suspicion uh, intensifies and intensifies yeah, and intensifies okay. and intensifies. That's interesting. I like how the, the beginning of this book is just like a political drama. It is. It's very House of Cards. It's very... um uh. I think in the first episode or second episode I said it was like Wolf Hall and it is, it is, it's good I was going to try and do a Frank Underwood impression but I wasn't very good at it and I wasn't sure which character to do it in Ah, who do you think? Well at the moment Jessica has the internal monologue so Jessica is Frank at the moment, although Kevin Spacey is of course cancelado because of being a rapist So, so, So Jessica Obviously, it's worried about her son, which is, like, normal. Yes. You know, she's his mom, she cares about him and stuff. And then this, there's this little passage where it says, but Jessica remained inwardly tense, thinking, a hunter-seeker, merciful mother. It took all her training to prevent a fit of hysterical trembling, which I thought, Frank, that's rather sexist of you. Hmm, yeah. That's a bit sexist. Too, I mean, because... He did nearly die. I think it would be normal for anybody to submit to a fit of trembling. It would not necessarily be be hysterical. I know. It would be normal to be worried and to be scared and to be upset and to, like, you know, find it difficult to steal yourself or retain composure. But the fact that it's specifically called hysterical trembling Mm. And the fact that it's like that's Jessica's specific reaction and not Leto's specific reaction. Well, we don't know what Leto's reaction. We do know what Leto's reaction is in next chapter. He is also yeah, hysterical. FYI, he is. But but the way that this is described and the way that this is sort of targeted to be like weaker in like you know scare quotes weaker, weaker than, the um, weaker sex than Leto's reaction. Yeah, it it feels very like. It's an understandable reaction, but the way that it's phrased feels really like. I mean, it's it's exactly yeah. the same thing as his um, uh, you know, it's a, it must be a Benegesserit thing. Oh, it's a woman thing type thing. Mm. 
right? It's exactly the yeah. same kind of sexism, except that he kind of comments it, mm. comments on it in a in an authorial way when Leto does it, but mm. obviously, you know, is unable to comment on it in an authorial way in this part because it's done in the authorial voice. Yeah, mm. uh, so there's that. And like, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I have, I have bugbears with the word, with the word hysterical, and with like <sighs> the idea of her going into fits and the idea of her being like, oh, 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 about it. Like that's the impression that I get from the words that are used. Yeah. Although, like, a reaction of panic and of distress would be natural. Yeah, absolutely natural. It just feels like it demeans. And the fact that Leto just kind of goes around just with this one murderous phrase echoing in his brain is is not natural, actually. It's kind of weird. Everyone should have had a little cry and then moved on with their that lives. Would have been kind of cool to see him. Have maybe Leto would still be alive yeah, maybe. If, if he had had, had a little cry. cry. I'm not... I just... I felt really weird about it. In the way yeah, that it was I just like the whole, you know... I, I do have a sort of weird fondness for hysterical. Oh, absolutely. Because of the whole Hippocratic, it's moving around. It's moving around. <laughs> it's wandering. It's wandering. It's wandering. And, it's like and a little animal. I'm also very attached moving. to trembling. I love trembling. I love to tremble. I love to tremble. It's good to tremble. And I love it when people tremble. I love the aesthetic of trembling, but I don't like it here because it feels nope. like it's done to sort of, you know, deride Jessica. And typically feminine responses to, like, danger and trauma. Paul correctly theorises that it's Yue who is the traitor, and Jessica says no. Yeah, right. He's not a lieutenant or companion. Um, and I can assure you he hates the Harkonnens as bitterly as we do. Which so, is so fun and um, also stupid. He... Uh, uh, and... Is, isn't he a lieutenant or companion? I I thought so. I thought so, right? I thought he was at least I mean he's not a, he's not a um military lieutenant no. to the duke. I feel like Jessica is somewhat like, you know, not allowing herself to think what might be the case because she doesn't want to believe it about you know, she considers she considers you a friend. And they had a moment like a couple of chapters ago. Yeah, and she, I, th- I think there's a lot of stuff on in here which relies on Jessica not thinking straight, mm. which, which again also makes feels, you feel bit... sort of bad, because um, we get from that chapter we kind of get the two sides of the perceptions of yeah. of uh, of each other from from Ua's perspective and from Jessica's, yeah. and Ua knows that Jessica hasn't seen the whole truth. Um, because her Bene Gesserit powers were not up yeah. to scratch, and she wasn't able to, yeah. you know, pry the truth from him. Jessica's always always portrayed as like being failed by her compassion, or like her her faith in people. And again, it's all like typical uh, uh, women stuff. Yeah, that does feel like bad. It's how rim- women get written is that they their feelings get in the way of their proper perception. And all this, all that jazz. And I really don't. I dislike it. I really do. Especially, especially as like she's supposed to be a perception machine, yeah. trained by birth, Jessica produced is by a genetics That's for like her whole character specific that she purpose. <sighs> it's just it's so pervasive. The sexism is really upsetting. I know. Even even if Frank is like not doing it intentionally, it's so thoroughly there that it like undermines things that he's actually trying to do. 
Yeah. Uh... What else is interesting about this chapter? Oh, 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 oh. Paul said, When my father is bothered by something you've done, he says, Benedictorate, like a swear word. Like a swear word. It's very child. It's like very child energy. And what is it about me that bothers your father when you argue with him? Like, what does this mean? The, oh, the sexism. Oh, that's it. Like the woman who says, oh, the racism I know, in I, the viral. I, yes, okay. I understand the reference. Thank you. Uh, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like it. I, I, I interpreted it it in a way that allowed me to like it because the author is dead um uh, yes um I feel like that's I feel like it's cool telling on in in my favorable interpretation in my queer reading I feel like <laughs> it's Paul telling on his dad to his mom <laughs> just to be to like mom. like to, to, to let her know that he like that he's perceiving this thing that's sort of fraught about their relationship and that he doesn't entirely understand and that like he has a bit in himself as well like Ben at training and stuff like that so he's sort of that that statement feels like kind of an inquiry like you know what does he not like about Ben where is this tension in in the way that a child would do when they like they don't understand something but they don't know what question to ask and they just made an observation do you know that's really sweet? That makes me really like Paul. I I really like Paul, but that's because mostly Paul is a character I've invented in my head. But I do, I love him. <laughs> I really do. You like, uh, like your him. queer reading of Paul. Yeah. A queered Paul. Queered Paul. Um, I just like seeing the um, gaps in his understanding. Mm. Um, because he's not a full adult yet. Yeah, he, he is baby. He is baby. I'm not a baby, I'm a human. <laughs> Thank you, Drill, for always having the appropriate, the, the, the tweet juiced, if I yes. may. Great. Absolutely. Juice of the tweet. I, I, one of the things that uh, I think is important to note is that uh, we finally see outside. Yes. For the first time. For the first um, time. Even, wow. It's, even though it's, it's through glass, yeah. we see outside. It's, it's, and it's softened. It's like, um, it's twisted to seem like, uh, like a, a wetter little bit planet. less alien. Yeah, to seem more comforting to somebody. So we don't even really truly see outside. We we gather what outside could be like, or we see a twisted, more comforting view of outside. So that tension still mounts that Frank is building, which yeah. I think is really cool. Instead of like an illusory, you know, mm. we've made this thing a bit more like it isn't, mm. a bit more like it you're used to, mm. so that when you actually see for real what it is, you'll be a bit shocked still. Mm. Um, because we have a filtered sun, so in order for the plants to grow, the sun has to be filtered yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we also, uh, Jessica sees outside to notice the signals that are being sent, mm. uh, the, the little winking lights. I love the description of the light. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it also has a, a weird kind of Frank Herberty neologism, mm. um, which I don't know if I enjoy. Uh, other lights had come on down on the plain beneath the cliffs, little yellows spaced out against blue darkness, and one light off to their left grew brighter, began to wink back at the cliff very fast. Blink, squirt, glimmer, blink, squirt. Make you blink, squirt. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> like squirting turtle man. Like Black. the first episode of Monster Factory. Oh. <laughs> I was ref- I was referencing like an old meme. A- I have seen it and the image popped into my head and I was like, Ray, this is so cursed. <laughs> Ray, you can't make me, you can't <laughs> make me picture it. But I actually highlighted another passage of like, interesting interesting phrasing that i thought was like pretty and odd um uh stars leaped out she saw one bright star so low on the horizon that it twinkled with a clear precise rhythm a trembling of light blink 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 and then she realizes that it's a signal but i just thought that was really pretty i really i really liked that Mm. Um, i also i also like again we get a little bit uh semiotic with it uh, Will Smith voice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, in, in saying Will Smith voice, I've lost the quotation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she she tried to read the message, but it was in no code she had ever learned. She knows all the ancient languages. We know that from the Shout Out Mapes. Shout out to Mapes mm-hmm. chapter. Shout out to Mapes. Shout out to Mapes. But, um,. Uh, and she's very good at deciphering codes because that's her whole thing. That's her mm. Benegesserit thing. That's what she knows how to do. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't know this one. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, it's uh, you get the, the suspicion, a susson of concern. They might all be out of their depth and yeah. something terrible is going to happen to them that they have no way of defending themselves against. And it's going to. But also we've been told that again and again and again. I know. But, I mean, I like that. I like that we've been told that and that, like, we're mounting to it and the characters yeah, are just, like, sort of, builds, of builds trying to up. predict it and floundering and misunderstanding in the face of the thing that's going to happen. Also, we know we what's know going, going to happen. happen. Yeah, Immedi- I like In the immediate that. future. Yeah. Um, is that UA is going to try and... Um, did you want... Did you have a description of the outside um, that you wanted to read? That was it. That was it. Oh, okay. That's the only bit you see. Yeah. Again, it's well, sort of occluded. Um, oh, where is it? Did I miss uh, something else? I like it. that we often make uh, highly authoritative statements that turn out on a on a quick reading of the chapter, a Just quick reread of the true. chapter to be untrue. It's fine. We I don't care about facts or getting things right. We are 100% fake news on this mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. On this podcast, no facts <laughs> allowed. Dumbasses only. <laughs> Dumbasses only. Where's the other outside bit? You tell me. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. Outside, inside, I must have done a death in each. <laughs> of the way the shit is crushing you. I've been around a few. Tell me what you saw. I'll tell you what to. Ooh, ooh. So the only bit I think that we see is the shield wall. Um, I thought she talked the, about like jagged rocks and stuff. Yeah, so she she glanced out at the filter yellowed sun. We see the sun. It hung low on a jagged horizon above cliffs that form part of the immense rock uplifting known as the Shield Wall. That's it. That's it. We see a big rock. Uh, yeah, horizon. That's true. We see a big rock. And we see the so sun. We it. see a big rock. Yes. I don't really have anything else to say about this chapter, apart from the fact that everybody calls Paul Young Master, which I think is ridiculously precocious and stupid. Young and also Master. Very good. Oh, the Young Master. 
reminds me of like uh, an anime. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's a small child who has like white gloves on all the time. I know he's like he's like a small child who everybody in his household addresses with summer. And like he has lots of butlers and maids. He does have lots of butlers and maids. He does. Oh my he's god! Just like, he's just a clever, precocious, rich anime child. And June the it. anime when? <laughs> June the anime, anime June when? when? Cancel the cancel the film. We're having an anime now. <laughs> Everyone can just do the voices. I think a June anime would be good because June is the right amount of like absolutely batshit ridiculous for an anime. I would want it to have like some like crazy upsetting stuff like Akira in it, you know? Yeah. And I I like the theme tune to be as good as um the one for Attack on Titan but without any of the fascism of an Attack on Titan. No 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 centipede in Arrakis good me. <laughs> I love that song, but also like <laughs> I know the lyrics aren't centipede and the Jaeger, but that's I know, all, I know. That's all I it know. It's a funny joke, I understand. It's a funny joke. Well, it's not really a funny joke because I actually have no idea what I'm talking about. I just, <laughs> I've just seen Tumblr over your shoulder, Ray. Ah, uh, yes. Um, but five like, years since ago, I found out that the the person who wrote authored um the second Titan is like a big Nazi. I was like, oh. oh. That's oh. why everything is German. Oh. oh. Shit. Cool. Yeah, but... they're like really like gross. Like disgustingly xenophobic. Like, yeah. Really I have seen two people dressed up as fat flower crown edits of uh, Attack on Titan characters yeah. in this, still... the year of our Lord Benegesserit 2019. I see lots of... You can't just put Penegesser in front of a date. Well, they do put BG, but apparently, I think it stands for something else. Yeah, I, so. I just like saying Penegesser. BG. Yeah. Before um, Guild. Before Guild. And identifies the Imperial dating system based on the genesis of the Space and Guild's monopoly. That's interesting. So, yes. In the year of our Lord, BG 2019. I keep seeing people with, like, the backpacks and the jackets and the logos and stuff, and I'm like, you do know that that is very fascist, right? I just you know keep thinking, fascist. you know, you people are supposed to have died out. They but have, no, they live on. They live on. With all the weird, like, straps that are on their costumes. You know, I think that's the reason why people like that show is because of all the straps yeah, that are like, on the costume. They make it makes people feel, really it sexy. makes teenagers feel horniness. It's tie to, like, fascist aesthetics that I don't know how we didn't realise. Okay, um, I don't have anything else to say about this chapter. No, good discussion. Next. Next. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. Uh, so, so, Gurney and Leto are in love, and also Leto's kind of angry, I guess. Leto, Leto is angry all the time. Love it. Shall I read the quote and you do the summary? Yes. It is said that the Duke Leto blinded himself to the perils of Arrakis, that he walked heedlessly into the pit. Would it not be more likely to suggest he had lived so long in the presence of extreme danger he misjudged a change in its intensity? Or is it possible he deliberately sacrificed himself that his son might lead a better life? All evidence indicates the Duke was a man not easily hoodwinked. 
from Thank You Princess, by the way. Thank you, from Princess Zero Lan. Wadib, Family Commentaries by the Princess Zero Lan. Thank you, Princess Zero Lan. Um, yes. So, there's that. Um, I I don't have anything to say about it that you haven't already said, which is the Duke is a tragic failure. And it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. Um, but also, like, the thing that happened to the Duke is still way off from happening. Yeah. It's it's dramatic irony up the ass. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, <laughs> building tension, etc. I I appreciate it. Also, I mean, we had we had this discussion chapter before the chapter before last. Yeah, we did. So why wasn't it the beginning quote for that chapter? But he talks about his his uh, rationale for going into the trap instead of avoiding it. You know, does that like twice? He just does it all the time. It's good, actually. It's victory wine, and he likes it. <laughs> what? Duke Leto getting punched in the face, bleeding. It's victory what is, wine. What's victory wine? Pray um, tell. I'm, I'm, I'm referencing a podcast that is sort of niche that I don't think you will have listened to, what but is it's it? really good. What it's is it? It's called Yarra Yarra Boys, Yarra Yarra Boys, and it's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast, and Something that happens a lot in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is, like, um, people get fucking beat up, beat the heck up, and then also, and then they're like, actually, I wanted to do it. It's good to me. And now with this, I win. <laughs> and it happens, like, every episode, every arc. <laughs> and it's really good. So I think the, the two hosts were sort of riffing on it, and they said, like, this isn't blood, it's victory wine. So now I say it's victory wine when, like, you have some sort of horrible failure and you're trying to pretend that it's not one. That's a niche uh, in-joke that only yes, you enjoy. only I understand. But I think you should listen to that podcast because you wouldn't have to watch Judges for Our Adventure, but you would consume all the good things about it, and also it's a funny podcast. I actually do quite like uh, listening to podcasts of things that I have no intention of watching. So do I, I really like There's something really enjoyable about it. Because yeah. you don't only get the best bits. That's really why we're doing this, so you don't have to read Dune. So you don't have to read Dune. People keep saying to me, should I read Dune so I can keep up with the podcast? And I say to them, no. <laughs> We've done it for you. Leave that, put, put it down. Throw put it, it down. away. Put, the fuck put down. it in the bin. <laughs> it is of no use to you. Just listen to us. Riff talk about it. on how how gay everything is yeah. and how it's bad. We'll make it good for you. You're we'll welcome. make it good. Just don't go don't go near it. I mean, it's a fun read. So I'm, I'm factor, liking it. Um, uh, can I just say? Okay. Yeah, I keep sure. finding out that songs I like are in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I feel like that would be one reason, if I could possibly stomach it, to watch bits of it. It's very fucking good. I I actually haven't seen the scene where they will do a synchronised dance to an unsynchronised version of Music Control by Prince. I actually, um, it's on YouTube and you should watch it because uh, it's, it's very good. It's, yeah, it's alright. It's not bad. <laughs> um, But yeah, and also there are, there are many, many characters and characters like physical manifestations of the character's powers called things like Steely Dan or Talking <laughs> Mouth or uh, um, <laughs> there's like an ancient Indian mystic whose name is Tom Petty. 
<laughs> and, <laughs> and several other things like this that I think that's, you would enjoy. That's extremely busted. That's it's extremely busted. Good. It's um, pretty good, I, I just I keep seeing in the comments of YouTube videos of songs that I enjoy that um it's it's like in a weird bizarre code language and i realize ah that person is talking about jojo's bizarre adventure ah it is bizarre a bizarre adventure um and also i get confused with um uh, jojo and highlander and that i am led to believe was a 1980s live action american tv series uh, about I don't know how you could possibly get confused. Immortals, immortal beings that couldn't die and had to fight each other and behead each other. Uh, and there's like sort of a weird, horny buff men with long hair energy. That about... does sound like something that that Jojo's would be about. But do the he- do the do the men have vertical hair that just grows upwards? I uh, don't know. Never seen a picture. Then this is inferior. Um, <laughs> may I summarize this chapter? All right, go for it. So, um, Leto is mostly, during this chapter, he's just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking his thoughts. Just thinking his thoughts. He's he's angry about people, you know, that the Hakonans tried to kill um, Paul. um, And he keeps having this, like, repeated intrusive thought about it. Even though he's trying very hard not to consider it at all. And he's trying to think about work and he's trying to consider the situation. It keeps returning into his head, like, just the fact that it happened and that he's angry about it and that he dismisses it immediately. And he doesn't process any of his emotions and he doesn't let himself think about it in any depth at all. Um, this is, like, very men's oppression stuff. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, so he he's thinking about stuff that's going to happen in the near future, in the next couple of chapters. I won't go through because they're going to happen in the next couple of chapters. Um, he talks about like uh, some of the propaganda and some of the stuff that heralded his arrival on Arrakis and like whether or, or not he thinks that people are going to believe it. Um, yeah, and he feels a bit homesick and he thinks of stuff like that. Um, and then he thinks about his his one of his boyfriends, Gurney, Alex, and his poems that he does. Um, all his bad poems that he recites all the time to yeah, everyone's constant annoyance and, and absolute just Leto fucking loves it though Leto thinks it's very Because Leto's in love, Leto has got the rose tinted goggles of L-O-V-E on I and know, he loves him He loves him and so do we Yes, so do we Except when he's being annoying So, um, so Leto goes to meet um, Halleck and all of his troops and stuff um, and then he pulls Halleck aside and he talks about emergency things. He describes Halleck's hands and his appearance with, like, just utter love, which I'll read in a bit. It's amazing. Damn. Um, uh, yeah, and then they have a little secret discussion about, like, you know, persuading some people who are going to leave the planet to stay and, like, be paid more and, like, do some skilled work and try and make things better for them. Um, uh... Also, because the Duke is a nice stuff. boss. Yes, he's a nice boss. He's the nice boss. Um, but also he's a boss, and bosses... Should be destroyed. 
and their wealth redistributed to the people. Oh, um, I think this is the chapter that has the first uh, encounter with normal people, and it's horrifyingly embarrassing. I know it's really embarrassing. <laughs> I think I think that Frank Herbert shouldn't try and write the dialogue of people who are not nobles because he does it very. He's bad. clearly not interested in them. Yeah, really not. It, yeah, it, like it made everything ring really false. Yeah, and it, did. it felt very out of place. I um, resented it. Yeah, but mostly in this chapter, he thinks about he gets angry about his son, thinks about stuff he's going to do, uh, continues to be in love with Gurney Halleck, um, and does like boring Duke business that I don't super care about. Good summary, Ray. Um, thanks. I did it. So. <laughs> Actually, I guess since I just spoke about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple of Gurney and the Duke are in love readings. Um, Gurney Halleck strode along at the point of the crowd, bag over one shoulder, the neck of his nine-string set clutched in the other hand. They were long-fingered yes! hands with big thumbs, full of tiny yes, movements that drew such Ooh. delicate music from the set. The Duke watched uh. Halleck admiring the ugly lump of a man, noting the glass splinter eyes with their gleam of savage understanding. Oh, he loves it. Also, I just like how, oh yes, the hands, they are so big, but they're so gentle. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they are. You know what? Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know what? You know what that means. You know what that means. The sexual caresses. Yes. Sexual <laughs> caresses. Sensual seduction. Thank you, Tito. I think I might play sensual seduction just like quietly under this part. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, she might be with me, but she's big enough. So, also, um, so the Duke says, set aside the Duke then, while we wait for Angenesis. Yours to command, my lord, which is sexy and they love each other. Um, and then also, uh, Lisa shook his head and was retreating back. Halleck was a continual amazing, head full of strong symptoms of flowery shades, and the heart of an assassin when it came to dealing with Duncan. Because, like, it's kind of a bit more about his job, but also. It's like it's sexually charged. I can't not say sexual. I Se- even when I'm sexual. having serious discussions with people, I just always say sexual. Ah, sexual, sexually charged. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also they do have a good conversation about plot and characterization and scene setting of. The political and social situation. Yeah, I just don't in, care about it. On a record, you don't care. I think it's quite interesting. I, I think it's interesting, and I enjoyed like reading it and like learning about it. But I don't really care about it enough to like relay it to our good podcast listening audience who are so kind to us. Okay. Yes. So you uh, can, can talk about it if you want. I can't. I can't remember if you read this or not. This is only another sexy description of Gurney Halleck. Oh, read it. Um. Halleck's misty blonde hair trails across the barren spots on his head. Ah, that is. Part sexy, sexy show over. Yes. 
Um, but this bit is great. His wide mouth was twisted into a pleasant sneer, ah, and the yeah. scar of the inkvine whip slashed across his jawline seemed to move with a life of its own. His whole air was a casual shoulder set And then also, like, description of him, it says, he came up to the Duke, comma, bowed, which is just so economical um it's just i think i think that's actually extraordinary i think that's really great yeah i like um, that it's too. one of one of the, the the instances in which sort of frank's particular style actually really works yeah. i feel like the the, the uh, frank's style is like it because of the things that it leaves out or the way that it uses words in that is unusual it it's sort of it is medieval but also condensed i guess it condenses the sentences and it, it makes them economical and i do i do appreciate that it's occasionally it has an elegance to it yes um actually i think and i think this is right i will look it up afterwards and if it's not right then please clip this out um but you may you might even call it ascendetic or an ascendaton mm-hmm. because uh it takes out the connectives so there's no and Mm. There's just a comma, yeah, uh, and that is called what that is. That is what that is, uh, an asyndeton. Cool, and I really, I really like that, and I really like that in poetry, and I think it's cool and fun because I, I like. Where did to... you, where did you know that? Where did you know? I didn't know. That. Or did you not know? I didn't know. But you I did. Think it's cool. You did know. What? You did know, or you didn't? I did not know. Ah, so why aren't you more impressed? I think it's very cool. Um, <laughs> good job. Thank you. It's I'm very, so very good. Very good job, Josie. Knowing the words. Praise, Josie. Praise. Josie Praise. did work. Praise, Josie. Josie did work. Applause. <laughs> applause, applause. Um, I was listening to something. It might even have been a, a back episode of an export audio podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Uh, where uh, someone talks about how fucked up Chobits is. And I was like, how dare you talk to my son like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, not that I feel particularly strongly about Chobits. It's just something like I, I it was something I had seen. A lot because oh yeah, me really too all the time. Um, very messed up and weird. Yeah. Also, like probably formative. Um, Sessual. I think it was one of the first sexual. Um, <laughs> like, probably one of the first things I read that had proper sexual content in it. Mm. I was like, oh god. Yeah. What is this? And it this? was very like roboty, which <laughs> informed some things, maybe. <laughs> oh dear, for me or for you? For me. Okay, I was like, don't you dare assume that I have. I am a robot fucker. <laughs> Um, I'm Volcel, yes. not Voltron. Volcel, just like Paul. I understand. Just like Paul. Just like Paul. Just like... <laughs> Toe to tip. That's, That's a Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually thought this was a very good chapter. Yeah, we learn a lot, but I my brain has stopped working, and I we can't... learn a lot, but I feel like. But the audience won't, essentially, is what we're saying. I mean, we learn a lot, but I think it is not, it's not like fun to explain or describe. I mostly highlighted the bits where Duke and Leto were flirting with each other. (laughs) That's my investment. Yeah. I wonder who they're going to cast. 
Um, it's Gurney. Actually, ooh, uh, I might send it to you if I can. Um, I have seen the the casting for Thufir, possible, possibly Thufir, and I have to say, good casting. Very old. Very old. That's good. Very distinguished. Weather beaten, bronzed, all that. Great, love it. I will Good have stuff. a look because I think on Twitter I did see something about Journey. And I think I, lo- I enjoyed it. I think I also like their Pitta casting, which I didn't think I would. Oh no, oh my god, who is it? It's important to my heart. Ray, 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 you must tell me. Okay. Um, it had better be Brad Dariff. I don't care that he's old. It had. It has to be Brad Dariff. He is not old. Oh. No, Brad Dariff being... Um, Peter from the original Dune, not the original Dune, uh, David Lynch's Dune, um, who is, I think I was supposed to say this last episode, but I didn't, um, but my impression of Mentats is specifically, utterly and entirely from Brad Dourif's performance yes. of, in the, in the 1980 whatever Dune movie. Um, and uh, I now know that uh, Peter DeVries is a... Peter DeVries? What did we agree on? I forgot. He's a twisted Mentat. He's a twisted Mentat. Mm. He's not actually what Mentats are supposed to be like. Most Mentats are pretty normal. Um, and uh, don't do hand signal things. They don't uh, talk about drinking the juice of Sappho and or Sappho or whatever. And then you know, like the lips acquire speed, the thoughts acquire speed, the lips acquire stains, the stains become a warning. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. Um, you know, I'm pretty disappointed actually, and or just overawed at the fact that. David Lynch is like, how can I make this weirder and make that up from whole cloth? And it it is the defining Mentat moment for me and for everybody. Amen. Thank you, David Lynch. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. David. I was looking for this casting, but I stumbled across a Twitter account called, uh, whose display name is Gurney Halleck and his nine foot balisette. And their description is simply, capitalism is stupid. What an energy that captures the mood of this particular recording of the podcast really so does. well. I mean, textually, his his uh, balisette is nine stringed, not nine foot, but that is still good. I think that was it's the. Very... I think that's a joke of some kind. Oh, it's a joke of some kind. It's so big it could be a boat. Ah, that's just hilarious. Wonderful. I guess so. <laughs> I do imagine a balisette to kind of be like a lute, and that it's sort of deep. And it has like a prow and like, I don't know, like a depth to it or like a hurdy gurdy. Okay. Okay. I disagree with this casting, but I think he's an interesting looking man. Um, so Twitter says that Josh Brolin is stupid. Is, um. Josh, Josh Brolin! <laughs> you mean Josh Brolin? I guess so. Fucking. As Gurney. Yeah. He's what? No, he's not. Fuck that. Gurney should be very short and not handsome. Fucking hell. Josh Brolin's like a boring action movie man. I disagree with it. Josh Brolin. Yeah. I disagree with it. (laughs) He's got a boring face. So it's, what's the name of the director? Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. How do you spell that? Denis Villeneuve. Dennis, but with one in. Oh, Denise. So, Timothée Chalamet, Josh Berlin, 
Um, I mean, I think, weirdly, think? he's too tall. Yeah, he is too tall. I'm not happy with it. Uh, this, the person who I would maybe accept as a, a casting, um, because he is the right amount of famous actor. He is too tall and he's not ugly enough, but he is kind of ugly mm-hmm. in a sort of beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can do tough, mm-hmm. uh, but he's too tall. Uh, is Ethan Hawke, who I love. Let me Google him and his face. He's got sort of too pointy a face. I think Gurney needs to have like a round fat face. He does. Uh, I was sort of, but you know, Ethan Hawke with a beard, Ethan Hawke with a beard, he's sort of lumpy. Kind of got a twisted smile, like a sort of smirk. Doesn't really work. I'm actually the more he's got wonky teeth. The more I think about it, the more it's working for me. To be honest. Um. How tall is Ethan Hawke? I don't know. He's probably tall. He looks tall. One one meter seventy nine centimeters. How much is that in today in old money? I don't fucking know. I don't know who this person is playing, but um, Dave Batista is somebody. Oh, he's he's from Avengers. He's from Avengers. He used to be a wrestler, and he's big. Yeah. the big man. Um, one one meter seventy nine is five foot eight, which is actually not very tall. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Let me Google the man that you said. Oh, I think he should be rounder. He can be rounder. I so- I don't like no. No, this isn't. He's, this is not but also, me. he's. I mean, he only has limited, limited appeal in pictures. But he's he's an extraordinarily like um, uh, beguiling actor. He's really very okay. good, Ray. He's really I, very good. I need, I need, I need a, I need a gurney who is stout. He can be stout. Can he? Yes, I've seen him be stout. It was in a rom-com about uh, inter-musicians. A first thought just came into my mind. What thought? Which was... Um... Fucking... Don't need to be so... Um... Not sexy enough or too sexy. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Who can say? So I highlighted this a little bit, which was... Um... The ritualistic... Oh, okay. I'll read the whole thing. He thought of the notices posted above his signature all through the populous places of the planet. Our sublime Padishah Emperor has charged me to take possession of this planet and end all dispute. The ritualistic formality of it touched him with a feeling of loneliness. Who was fooled by that fatuous legalism? Not the Fremen, certainly. Nor the Houses Minor who controlled the interior trade of Arrakis, and were her conan creatures, almost to a man. And then he's like, they have tried to take the life of my son, because he gets distracted by being angry, but he doesn't protect them. So I thought that was interesting, because it's like, everybody knows it's bullshit. Weird that everybody calls the Emperor Sublime, because it's like sublime. a pseudo, like, pseudo-worship thing that is like... I mean, it's like, you know, no one actually does venerate him. Nobody actually does, this, but it's like put on them. I, I do guess. think it's quite good. It's sort of quite astute that you know, even though this he is sort of like almost a deified figurehead, no one actually believes in any of that shit. 
mm, nobody does. And also, I think it was it's interesting to see him recognize that, like, his his although he's been like legally given Arrakis, his place on it isn't secure at all, mm. and isn't necessarily accepted by the people who live. It's there. all a tissue of lies, I think, and it just sort of mm. kind of cuts it down a tissue, in a, a one fell swoop, which is really great. Ray, Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. Google, Google, Google. I'm googling. <laughs> How do you spell Brendan? With an A. Is it Dan or Dawn? Dan. I think too old, but also very good. Like this is exactly the kind of face that I wanted. Yeah. This is exactly what I was thinking. And also because he has a round face. When he shaves his beard off, he looks like a little round baby. Sometimes you you need a man who looks like a baby. <laughs> Hi there. Thank you for listening to our podcast. So the last 20 minutes of our beautiful recording here were unfortunately lost to the sounds of time and the sharp, sharp teeth of the worms. Something happened to my, either my microphone or my recording or my connection, and I just sort of happened to lose everything that was going on there. So I'm going to listen to the backup audio and slot it in here afterwards. And if it's no good, then either you'll have to suffer or the episode ends here. Who knows? Bye! I'll link you. Anyway, uh, so this chapter, which we haven't discussed meaningfully whatsoever. <laughs> do you want to at least read the very, do you want to, both of us, read the very embarrassing common folk speak? Yeah, okay. Hey, feel that under your dog? That's gravity, man. How many G's does this place pull? Feels heavy. Nine-tenths of a G by the book. Do you reckon that everyone in the, um, uh, Atreides army is like a hippie. Did you get a good look at this hole on the way down? Where will the loot this place supposed to have? Can you just be a bit more like um, laid back about it? Like a little bit more stonery? Okay. Where's all... I don't know. I don't know how to be stonery. Okay, alright. Um, uh... Continue. The Harkonnen. The Harkonnen. They took it with them. Me for a hot shower and soft bed. Haven't you heard, stupid? No showers, Danny. (laughs) Reading your line. Scrub your ass with sand. You scrub your ass with sand. (laughs) You you scrub your ass with sand, man. Man. Can it? Scrub your ass with sand. The Duke. I mean, I have to say, one of the things I do enjoy about Dune is that you do get to say the liquid you, which one of my friends who likes linguists, in fact, my, my one friend who, who likes linguistics. Uh-huh. Yes, your only friend. My only friend who, who oh, likes linguistics. 
he he's like he told me that that's what that was you call it the liquid u i'm always calling it the inverted u because it kind of has to turn on its back it turn back on itself the duke dune i do enjoy saying that a lot liquid is a very accurate description but liquid is it turning back it's lovely Mm. yes queen anyway um yeah i like it like i don't have anything to say about this it's interesting i don't have anything to say i do like there is one thing that says our spice my lord and i just thought my spice my spice Mm, tips for dora miss spice um let me th- let me just read it and then i'll just give you like a five sentence summary of the things that they talk about mm-hmm. oh very good my lord the whip scar ripples to his grin i love it damn 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 also i'm i'm sort of a little bit touched by um the duke like sort of finishing his pleasantries with the men and all of this show of Seaman Colton stepping into the lift and then just letting his shoulders drop this <sighs> fatigue show on his face and letting himself like think for the last time in anger that he'll try to take the life of my son like mm. ah, that's, that's like relatable and sad and like you know a little bit humanizing briefly um mm. yeah and I, because the first time I, I experienced this chapter, I listened to the audiobook of it, and the, um, the person who was reading it did quite a convincing performance of it. So I That's good. I felt a little bit compelled by the way that, like... Who was, who, who was narrating? Find out, please, for me, would you? Tell me now the name of your dad. <laughs> Tell me now the name of the narrator. <laughs> um, I really genuinely don't know, because... It's like not a version that is like. So I mean, essentially, the the um in in their discussions, they're talking about personnel, um, you know, uh, they need more men, they need spice workers who are being shipped off planet, um, to uh, you know, be sufficiently persuaded to, uh, mine spice under you know. Uh, Atreides rule um, and uh, essentially um, Gurney offers to torture them uh, and what's his name later says no that won't be necessary actually don't worry about it just don't 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 t- don't do it to him too badly please uh, what else he says he, he suggests that the uh, um, Gurney plays them a tune which I think is you know is all right He's his boyfriend. Yeah, and offer them more money. Seeing uh, my sweet angel of music. He talks about drilling the um, the men on water discipline um, because obviously they won't be used to it. Mm. Um, they talk about some higher management and governance stuff. Uh, the council uh a judge of the change whatever that is um gurney keeps quoting things i hate it terrible bullshit um stop it gurney it's very annoying um also i hate it when i I actually hate it when people talk about other people's retreating backs because it's not just their back that's retreating from you it's all of them 
And I know it might be a synecdoche, but it's a bad one. I don't like it. I don't find it good. The image of Paul, um, of, of Leto staring at Halleck's back is further proof that he's in love. Thank you. I mean, I think there is a, there's, there is a, a, a scene in, later on in this book where, uh, or maybe, I don't know, I can't remember if it's earlier or later, uh, where Leto apathetically waves at a, a, a core of soldiers who all stand to attention for him. And he's just like, you know, just like the most feeble sort of hello back at them. Um, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, you can read utter apathy into his every movement about present time stuff because he's, you know, just running this phrase over in his head. And another, and another thing, and another thing is that we do get like a, a good uh, episode where he He's just suppressing really hard. Shall I read it? Yeah. Um, I must mask my feelings, he thought, for the boy's sake. If he's ever to have a home, this must be it. I, might, I may think of Arrakis as a hell I've reached before death, but he must find here that which will inspire him. There must be so something. Bad. A wave of self-pity, immediately despised and rejected, not allowed to feel any feelings, you know, swept through him. Um, and then he recalls the lines of a Gurley Halleck poem, um, and it's bad, and it says, My lungs taste the air of time blown past falling sand. Whatever, Gurney Halleck, stop reciting bad poetry. Frank, stop finding excuses to write bad poetry. I, I tell you, it's terrible. That's really sad. Masculinity is a, in a, a prison state. It's very yes. miserable and sucks and you know, people who are subjected to it, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for you, son. Um, I've got 99 problems, but not being able to be in touch with my emotions ain't one. It's all of them. If... <laughs> um, Will you commit me, like, two minutes to do one of the week research and then we can move on to those? Okay, I have not done any research, and my worm of the week this week is me. Oh, that's a cop out. <laughs> Only because I did do some lying down on the floor and wiggling today. Yeah, that is fun to do. I do like. I wiggle. I um. I uh, in the uh, the words of the person who created the worm RPG, writhe. Ah, yes, indeed. You're right. Did you buy that? No. I've okay. just seen it around. You've seen it around. Um, okay, but on a more serious note, my worm of the week this week is a slow worm. Slow ah, worm. Slow worm. They're slow. They're cute. They've got a nice slow face. Worms, which are lizards that don't have legs and look like snakes, but are called worms. They are, they are the, worms, the worms of the medieval the times. They're, they're the worm, the, the worm W-Y-R-M. They are oh, yeah. uh, limbless, limbless lizards. Um, and they are good. They have a smiley face. They are shiny. Thank you. Slow worms. Amen. Um, my worm of the week this week is the concept of wrapping yourself up in blankets so that you become a little cube. Hmm. Good worm, Ray. That's my worm of the week. 
by the way, um, formal protest against calling it a blanket burrito. It is not. It is a worm. It's a blanket worm. Blanket okay. worm. Yes, a blanket worm. I, I mean, I, I sometimes I do that and I reenact the cover of Children of June. <laughs> Just with the arms, with the arms, Ray. God Emperor of June. Suffering. I suffer. Ray, by the way, I mean, I did, I did do a little spoilies for myself. That's not Paul. It's not Paul that turns into a worm. No, it's like his... Um, Leto, Leto, Leto Atreides 2. Right? Yeah. Yes. Leto Atreides 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Okay. We've done I it. I should have a better worm of the week, but I don't. Oh, actually, let me tell you something that I learned today. It's not a good thing because it is interesting. Or it's not it's um, yeah. Well. So okay. I was I was thinking so L I was talking to L, my 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 dear L and um, Come on the podcast, L. Come on the podcast. Um and Z Z said like sent a picture and said, Oh, this one is out and I was like, Oh yay. First square pound, it was a bit grey. First square pound, and he's coming at the plate. And then I was like, I'm sure there's another glass. So I looked it up, and I regret to inform you that <laughs> the song is racist. <gasps> oh no! What is it? is it? Is it about Negroes? Well, Negroes is the corrected, less offensive version. Oh my god, it has the N word in it. Oh Christ. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Amazing. So that sucks. Oh wow. Right. Yeah. That's almost very good. Yeah, apart from it's bad. Apart from it's bad. Uh, it's very bad. Uh, let it be sh- let, let the record show it that I, a black sh- person, <laughs> find this bad. Um Great. Uh, that is a, it is an enemy of the podcast. Enemy of the podcast. The song the sun has got a set on. <laughs> yeah. Official enemy of the podcast. <laughs> Such a cute song about the sun having his hat on. I know, and then it's racist. Wow. Anyway, bold. Anyway, yes, bold. Bold. Story. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Watch out, the sun's got its hat on. Your your name your number has been called. It sure it definitely has. Anyway. How 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 awful. Uh shall we say who is the spies and who's the worm? Ray, uh, it is up to you. I feel like I'm the worm. Ray, you are the worm. And you are the spice. I am spicy spice. Spicy spicy. I am my spice, tips for Dora. The worm is the dirt once again. I, I wrinkle and rise and lie among the soil. You lie among the soil. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. What I do. Great. Uh, ah, well. On Twitter at oh yes. Um, mm-hmm. Please send us email at university uh, <laughs> at gmail.com. That's the one. Um, Good. Or you can DM us. Uh, I'd love to hear like we'd love to hear questions or comments. Or Mostly questions like though. I yeah. do did like I do like answering questions. Yes, it's nice to have things to read out. Uh, it would be really nice to have a mailbag section. I'm trying to open up Firefox to see if we have any emails, but that's not working. So I'm just going to do it on my phone. Um, actually, I I guess this yeah this is um, probably something good to read out. Um, 
So Eli, my good friend, Eli Bees, Elijah Bees, um, has Eli. a very good um, image um, of a Tumblr post that says, it basically makes our entire podcast redundant, but <laughs> the Dune novels are the simple story of the competition between Paul Atreides, Twelve and Leto, his mother Jessica, companions Gurney Halleck and Duncan Idaho, Dilgar the Fremen, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, and his nephew Fairy Varutha, Princess Irulan, St. Alia of the Night, God Emperor Leto II, the Bene Gesserit, Bene Chaliac, the Honored Matras, the Spacing Guild, and a wide cast of supporting characters to see who can be the biggest fucking drama queen bitch in the galaxy. And the competition is tight. Which <laughs> is and the case. I think we have almost um, verbatim called somebody uh, the biggest fucking drama queen bitch uh, on this podcast already. So extra and such a bitch, and I love it. I love it. So that was very good. I enjoyed that. Um, thank you, thank you, Beast, for the message and for showing us of the Dumbledore first. Um, and now I will check emails. <laughs> Live on the podcast. Gmail. Open the voice of email. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so far, we have emails from Twitter Verify, Google Immunity Team, Broadcaster Support, Content, uh, the Stitcher Content Team, and WordPress.com. So basically, we don't have any. Somebody email me. Somebody please. Email us. Email us. Do email my wife. Do. Do email my wife the podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. We don't have any spam. Okay, great. Disappointed. Disappointed. Oh, disappointed. Very disappointed. Uh, this seems like the end of the podcast. Yes, it is the end of the podcast. Yes, it is the end of the podcast. Yes, it is the end of the podcast. Ah, uh, yes, it is the end of the podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Um, the end of the podcast. Goodbye Good forever. Time. Until next week. Watch my life like it's a movie. Have to watch it twice. A boy looks at a girl and a girl looks like a pony. She gallops all day long in between my toes. I don't mix with Coca-Cola or soda But right now I'm on a roller I take a look over my shoulder And I see this sexy thing I think it's time to work my way over So I shuffle on my heels And I bounce on my toes I'm crazy and she knows Still it's all good I suppose Cause she didn't complain She backed it off So I got behind her and I lapped it off Then we danced all night till the sun came up Then I took it to my yard and I wrapped it up A member of the Juju Nation Down in New 